0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results we interview your favorite riders it's the always moto podcast we occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way if you don't like it or you don't agree with us turn it off right now i'd like to
1: remind you that he is not a doctor
0: That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 81 of the Always Moto podcast. This podcast is proudly presented by Liat Moto Australia, and as always, I'm your host, David Hogan. Thanks for joining us. We'll be joined later in the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. Unfortunately, and, and you know, each week, each week, it, it was, that paycheck's still lost in the mail. This is the Always Moto podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, but particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week's show, we're going to catch up with World Supercross rider Kevin Morans before this weekend's World Supercross round, round number two at Abu Dhabi. We'll be talking all things about that Abu Dhabi round as well. We run through the teams and rider changes for World Supercross that we know of because there's been a couple of tweaks to those lineups that were... Originally set way back for that original round there in July. That seems like such a long time ago between round one and round two. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this Indian Supercross Racing League that is uh, coming up here shortly as well. Uh, Yes, that's right. I did say that, right? Indian Supercross League. Uh, And we go through another question for Blairs Banter. And yes, you did hear that right too. Uh, we've renamed it. We ha- we've consulted the Always Moto group chat uh, and they have spoken and we've changed it. It's now Blair's banter. So we'll get to that later in the show as well. So a good show coming your way. But hey, Moto fans, this episode is brought to you by Leatt Moto Australia, the ultimate gear and protection solution for riders seeking top-notch safety and style from head to toe. Leatt Moto has you covered with innovative helmets, goggles, body armor, and more. Ride with confidence knowing you're back by gear designed by riders for riders. Liat Moto Australia has cutting-edge technology that passes boundaries, passes, pushes boundaries in rider safety. Don't compromise on your safety and comfort. Choose Liat to stay safe, ride fierce, and embrace the thrill. Head over to leatt.com.au and gear up for your next ride. Now also bringing us to show is Competitive Edge Performance and are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered. They offer in-person sessions and top-notch online programs that are accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years industry experience and plenty more personal racing laps themselves, their coaches know what it takes to succeed join competitive edge performance today and those always motor podcast listeners you guys out guys and girls out there are getting the chance to get 50% off your first month with competitive edge performance on their training app using the code compedgecoach that's c o m p e d g e Coach, all in capital letters. Don't forget slant board guy and endurance recovery boots. Those two training performance a- um, assists there. Um, use the code always in lowercase and check out it save with both of those guys and tech one six seven three D printing. Do you need something cool for your bike? Maybe just a funnel that fits and means no mess. Then you need to check out these guys. They've got a special going on for their original their OG greasing tool. Uh, If you check out their Instagram or their Facebook page, they've got ways to get that purchase done. Um, They've got a very special deal going on, so check that out and remember to use the code ALWAYSMOTO um, or mention that you're an ALWAYSMOTO podcast listener when you're placing that order with them uh, and you'll get a deal there as well. Now, as always, we are still looking for our merch uh, sales. We've got our T-shirts available. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Show your show, show your show, show your support of the podcast and get a t-shirt to rock at the races. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put t-shirt on the subject line and we'll send you the details for the payment via PayPal. Now, speaking of PayPal, if you want to just support the show, send us a donation. That PayPal account is there. Uh, We'll take all sizes of of, of donations. We will take whatever you can do. Um, But to find all of our supporters and that PayPal account, Follow the links in the show notes or on the bio on the social pages and you'll get straight to them. All right, enough of that intro talk. Let's jump straight into this show.
2: Hey, it's Jake Runkles and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast.
0: All right, we're rolling into the show. Another one for this week, episode 81. Contractors on the line. How are we doing, Benny? I'm
3: all right. How are you this week?
0: I'm a little tired, actually, after uh, getting back from Gimpy for the Yamaha intro. Um, did a few laps in the heat yesterday, mate. It's uh, just starting to wear on me to the next next day.
3: <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you know a physio that can help you in uh, that
0: department. It's called in, in this case. It's just called go to bed. So <laughs> I just just need some sleep. <laughs> but um, no, otherwise doing pretty good. So you know, had a had a different week. Obviously, going and doing that introduction, which will. Get a bit more out of uh, on another separate show. We're going to do that one as a separate thing, but um, yeah, it's always fun to go and test out something new and have somebody clean it for you and not have to worry about any of the maintenance on it. That's always a nice, nice day on a bike.
3: Yes, I uh, yeah, I'd say that um, it'd be pretty good. I haven't had that luxury yet, but one day maybe.
0: Yeah, we'll get you there somehow.
3: What's what's that? What's that? Your second one, the Stark, and now the MR.
0: Yeah, so first one in Australia, so yeah, <laughs> so I um, we, we went all out on the first one. You know, had to go something crazy, so we went Stark, and now we've gone the Yamaha YZ two hundred and fifty F. So, yeah, well, um, we're into normal programming on these things now. I'd say so. Yeah, just um, hopefully going to get a few more of these things. Uh, this is the season, obviously, for it to be happening. So hopefully, there's a few more of them that'll come up here shortly. It's just Australia's obviously always behind on the you know the bikes actually being available in. In the country, so it's usually as soon as they get here. Like the Yamaha guys were saying, like they've already got a few of these gone out to dealers because of you know they will they will screaming for them. So as much as this was the Australian launch, it's like they've already been launched. You know they're actually available. Some people already have them. So it's um yeah, but they will be. There'll be more things coming here shortly.
3: Yeah, we're always we're always behind. So um you know people. People want stuff and they just have to wait. It's
0: just how it is in Australia, it seems. It's, it's always going to be the way. We're always the last one to get, especially the motorcycle thing. I think one of the guys was saying, like, for Yamaha, um, the Australian market is like you know 3% or something of the, the Yamaha sales side of things for, for motorcycling. So it's not like we're the important one on the tree. Obviously, the, the American and the European side of things takes a big chunk of all that, particularly the American side. Um but yeah, so just, we should just be thankful that we get to do these things, you know, all together. So it's um, it was still cool to be a part of and um, hopefully we'll get a few more of these test things in the near future. But um, got ho- I'm just waiting on some images to come through. Uh, you know, obviously being riding on the day, they had some, um, you know, employed photographers and videographers there, which is awesome because then you don't have to worry about trying to get your own shots. But I haven't seen anything, so (laughs) I didn't have any shots of myself to look at afterwards. I'm just sort of interested to see how that all turns out yet. So waiting for probably another day or so for that to turn up, and then we can get some stuff happening that we'll get out on the socials for people to see what's been going on. But I got to ride the 50th anniversary edition too, the white one, which was kind of cool.
3: Yeah, that would have been uh, interesting. Did it have purple rims or were they just normal?
0: What did it have on it? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to check the picture I put up. Hold on a second. We'll go, we'll go into a uh, little pause moment here while I just go back and find the picture. I think they're black, actually. Yeah, they're black.
3: Which is a mm, bit that's, odd disapp- that's, de- that's disappointing.
0: Yeah, you'd think it'd be purple, but anyway. It, it goes with the, the triple clamps on it are black, obviously, and um, a few other pieces on it are black, so I'm assuming that's what they've gone for. But um, Yeah, purple might have worked better, but anyway.
3: Mm. yeah I think they look really i think they look really good when they're purple so um yeah i'd say there's probably going to be a lot of people that if they do buy them' trying to get purple rims so um, some people might leave them black but I know myself I would go purple if i um if I got one
0: it would just sort of complete the look i think but yeah the black doesn't really like I'm a bla- i like black rims don't get me wrong i, lo- I like them on most things but uh, this particular thing if you're going to get it and keep it in that you know, white, purple look. Yeah, I think you need to get purple rims. Yeah, I agree. Mm, anyway, but yeah, so we'll hear a bit more about Yamaha stuff on a separate show. Um, but Let's get into the other stuff that's to- coming up this week. We've actually got some racing happening here uh, very, very shortly. And a couple of things in a few weeks, like in a few consecutive weeks, which is good. We've got World Supercross back in action for the first time since July 4th. was it? July 1st. July 1st was round one. Round two is uh, November 5th. Bit of a gap between rounds, but we're going to Abu Dhabi this weekend for World Supercross, Benny.
3: Yes, and hasn't there been a lot of stuff going on in between um, those few months of uh, off-season, I guess you could call it in a way? <laughs> off-season <laughs> because, in
0: the middle of the season,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's had to then get back into, a, I guess, pre-season yeah. just to sort of get back into it, but... Uh, yeah, the next few weekends are going to be really good. Um, yeah, World Supercross and Oz, Oz Supercross next weekend in Newcastle, and then a few weeks it'll be in Melbourne. So there's, yeah, there's a bit to look forward to if you're in, um, yeah, in Australia at
0: least. Yeah, look, the only part obviously watching the Abu Dhabi thing is going to be a bit of a difficult one in terms of the time zone differences because I've actually looked it up. It's going to be Sunday morning Australian time at 2 a.m. The coverage will start so. Yeah, it might be a bit of a tough one to watch live, but obviously it's on that 7 Plus if you're in Australia, so you can you know, re-watch it at any point, which is awesome. Uh, and for the international listeners and viewers, it'll be on World Supercross TV, which they've got to buy the package and stuff for. But at least you can get the get the access to it pretty quick and easy, so that's a good sign of it. But yeah, well, um, Australian Supercross, you know, Newy e- the week after, Newcastle basically only two weeks after that. It's... It's all going to happen in a, in a rush here for the Australian side of things, and then it'll be all over.
3: Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, you wait, you wait so long for something, and then yeah, just click of the fingers, it's over, and it'll be Christmas time, and then A1 again.
0: Yeah, look, that's the thing. We'll be looking. You get to, at least you get to the end of it. You get a month solid of not, nothing happening in December, but something we'll bring up here later in the show. There might be something happening that somebody might want to be watching or be a part of in some small way. But um, yeah, we'll get to that a bit later on in the show. But um, yeah, so look, World Supercross, round two. Um, We're going to jump straight to, because Blair's banter, we've we've renamed it. I'm I'm going with Blair's banter this week, Benny. I don't know if you remember from our group chat conversations here. A few different options were thrown around. Not many of them were good. You know, you can't always trust the brain trust in there, but... Some of them are all right. We've gone with Blair's banter. I think that's what we're going to stick with for now on.
3: I don't think I remember seeing Blair's banter getting a vote, to be honest. I think everyone was for the babble, but uh, that's all right. We can, we can gonna, go with the banter. I mean,
0: banter was the one that I sort of caught on at the very end of it. But there is a lot of stuff happening in that group chat that I can't even keep up with at the time. So I'm not surprised you missed that end point there. But I was definitely part of that banter conversation at the end. So we're going with Blair's banter. But if Blair's listening and he doesn't like it, well tough <laughs> yes no
3: change no, no changing again
0: we've had three changes we, this is where we're sticking to it I think this is this is stuck that's it right done so we're going to go straight into Blair's band because Blair's question this week is actually where we're going to start this conversation at in terms of what's happening at Abu Dhabi so let's listen to this one right now
1: boys Abu Dhabi Supercross what a dismal effort on a large scale. I think that um, World Supercross don't have the heads in the right gear. I don't know about you guys, that looks like Adelaide with the car park added on. That's what that little outside section looks to me. Um, Look, I wanna see World Supercross do well, we all do, but I just, I'm blown away. Like you're trying to compete, you're trying to show the world what World Supercross is all about. That looks like arena cross to me in America, and that's what US media are going to think of that. I just don't get why they chose that venue. If they had the chance maybe to get another one, I don't know. But not very happy, and I'm sure a lot across the world are going to have a lot to say about this one.
0: Oh, he's coming hard on this one. He's obviously seen the track, map, Benny, Um, and as we all probably have seen it, and I actually even um, put up a question about this to... Um Adam Bailey's post on Twitter about um, you know, the, the venue itself. Um trying to be a bit polite about asking, you know, why is it so small. Um but he's hit on he's hit straight onto it. Um it's not the biggest track for a world supercross event.
3: Well, I saw Blair put that question, same similar thing into our group chat, and my response to him was there's a lot more on that floor than there was at Adelaide. So the Adelaide question, I don't feel you can sort of compare it. Um, the first thing that actually I thought of was it reminded me of a similar track on, say, like MX Reflex or ATV, whatever one of those games, <laughs> using the outside section um, <laughs> for those that used to for those that used to play it. But I think we've just. I don't know. World supercross are just a smaller scale at the moment. Um, You know, we've had a big gap in between, and a lot of stuff's happened, and we almost didn't get it back. So um, I think at the moment, like they're still trying to find their feet, they're giving us races. um, And I think just the smaller scale is probably the way that they're going to go until they can, you know, maybe get something a bit bigger and work a few more things out.
0: Yeah, I can understand that point of view. Like, obviously, you know, they're brand new sort of – I can't say brand new. They've been around for a while now. But in terms of running events, they're, they're brand new at the World Supercross, you know, under that branding. Um, and so, obviously, then bottom line, you know, in a financial sense, they've got to make this viable for it to, to, to last and stay on. And, obviously, we've had this change in investment groups since round one. Things look a lot different than they did at round one in terms of, you know, teams – Venues, calendar, um, you know, financial backing, all that sort of stuff has changed. So I can understand how this is maybe the best option for them to get this progressing. But the the bit that sort of got me a little bit off off with it all. Yes, it's tiny. It's I'm going to say a tiny bit bigger. That doesn't make any sense. Tiny and then bigger. Um, it, it is slightly bigger than than that Adelaide setup. And obviously the outside bit is going to add to the track time, but it's still going to be really short. Like I, I reckon it's going to be lucky if it's over 40 seconds it's going to be that 30 to 40 range somewhere I, I think could be wrong but that's where i think it's going to go but that's not a, for me that's not a world supercross like you, you've got to compare everything now i know that the ama series is existing and been around for years but a national series shouldn't trump a world ser- series for me and obviously this has got to build but i've it adam when i commented on his thing on twitter adam bailey He wrote back that it's all about the fan experience and that the indoor venue, that was the biggest that they had available there, which is all fine, but I think he's thinking like that the fans need to be treated well, they need to be indoors, they need to see a spectacle and be able to see all of it. I still think they're going to be the ones that bash the most about the fact that the track's tiny, comparatively to what they've seen elsewhere. Um, I don't think that's going to make too much difference from the fans' point of view if they... If they're if they're sitting there in a nice comfy venue, that's great. But I don't think they're going to like the fact that what they're watching isn't to the scale of the things that they've seen on TV for the you know the rest of the previous year.
3: No, you're right, and you know we all want it to be as close as you know as close as the big American tracks, I guess. Um, and you're right, the fans will you know probably the fans, the media, everyone will. Um, be talking about the track, and I'm sure they already have. Um, But, you know, they're they're giving us something. So, um, but, you know, we were talking just before about um, Marvel, and there's so much floor space in Marvel, but yet they put, you know, for the people that have been there will know what we're talking about, but they put, like, a big, long bridge out to a set of seats which is for the VIPs that probably don't need to be out that far and there's so much more floor space they could use for track. Um and just thinking back to twenty nineteen at the Oz X Open, I feel like that track was bigger than the World Supercross track last year and it's the same stadium. So they can build a bigger track. I just I'm not sure yeah why when they you know they have a bit more floor space, why they still choose to go smaller.
0: Yeah, I'd, I've never understood that. I've always thought of the fact that if you're in a venue and you've got X amount of floor space for a, for a racetrack, you should put X amount of f- track on X amount of floor space. You shouldn't be going X minus, you know. It should be maximally used. Yes, within the constraints of, you know, like MA, FIM, whatever it is that you've got to be distance from, you know, the first row of seats, you know, that are occupied and all that sort of stuff and the and the fence that's essentially the edge of the – the stadium yes obviously be within those be away from those the distance you need to be but outside of that everything else should be covered in dirt and ridden on in my mind and yeah when you mention those seats too for for those that don't realize it's like a temporary seating setup that they can put in or out at marvel to make it a a different shaped venue from a, a traditional rectangular football field to what we call the oval AFL fields, um, they can bring it in or out, and they obviously can then change that too, depending on if it's a concert or not. And they can you know, have one end sort of more further back and have a elevated um, stage as such, and all that sort of stuff. So it is a temporary thing. So I don't know why they just don't get rid of that, leave the ex- <coughs> the, the permanent seats, and then just work with that for the for the Supercross rounds. It's as much as they want to think that they can sell all those seats out. I don't know if they're ever going to actually sell every seat and they might just do better in viewing sense of getting rid of those temporary seats and having, you know, everyone a bit higher up. It'd be probably better from a fan experience, as Adam Bailey would say, um, to get that viewing point of view better for them.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, last year and 2019, I sat on uh, level two. So you're a bit higher up, obviously not, you know, right next to the track but I think a higher view in a stadium like that uh, is still a lot better Um, and I think in the the, I think it was the Friday practice uh, I went right down the front and sat near the fence and uh, you're better off on level two yeah, I mean, you, you can be you can be you can be close, but you can't see the whole track. And so, if you're on a higher level, you can pretty much see the whole track, apart from maybe the finish line, like you know, behind the finish line because it's such a big landing. Mm. Um, so yeah, this they could they could take all that away um, down the bottom and just have you know, even just the second floor. Um, and maybe down the bottom as well, but right back um, to give them more room. But um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see what we get this year in Melbourne. But I'd say it'll be pretty much the same as it has been for the last few years.
0: Yeah, if they, I I don't think they've got a track map out for Melbourne, have they? I don't think I've seen that anyway. They might have originally, but it's probably changed five times since then. Um, but if if this track in Melbourne isn't you know good. Man, that could cop a lot of heat. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say.
3: Well, (laughs) at the moment, I think it's pretty poor too. If you go on to, I think it's Ticketmaster to buy your tickets, the track map, um, we were talking about this in a group chat the other day, the track map is last year's track. So if you have picked your seat for a certain area of that track that you think oh i want to sit near the finish line or sit near this or that or you went last year and you're thinking oh you know i'll sit in that same spot i may not have realized that that's the same track uh, you'd want to hope that a lot of people aren't disappointed going off
0: mm, yeah, that seat selection this time around yeah i see what you mean, meaning because you might want to be sitting next to the whoops and you're going to end up with a triple in front of you in the whoops from the other side of the stadium this time around or something like that
3: yeah, like for me, I would probably sit side on. I was a bit on the corner last time, um, which I could still see the whole track and it was still pretty good, um, but I'd probably want to sit, you know, right side on. Um, so, yeah, if a lot of people have chose to sit in one spot and it's not what they, you know, see on the on the ticket uh, website, I'd say there's going to be a lot of unhappy people.
0: Mm, and that, again, we come back to that fan experience that I've sort of brought up a few times now. That might not be the best fan experience, but look, we've got a race. We're going to it. Hopefully it works out. Hopefully it's the best one and they finish with a bang um, in terms of track, racing, venue, viewing, all of it. Hopefully it's the one that makes this series go, yep, that people want to come back to it the following year and they can build off it because um, yeah, I don't think, as much as Abu Dhabi is nice that they're going there and it's a different area and, you know, new market, all that sort of stuff that they'll, bang on about that they, you know their focus groups have said we should go there yeah look hopefully just melbourne is the one that um makes everybody go yes this can be a legitimate series you know and we can can move on from there but that's a pretty good question from blair i, I don't mind this one this week because i was thinking about this this track as well thinking it wasn't wasn't what a world supercross should be
3: Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it's good. Um, Blair, you know, is giving us questions um, every week. So, it's, you know, giving us something to talk about that we might not have thought about.
0: Exactly, which is the whole point. Try and spread this out a bit further. But, no, all good. All right, so that's Blair's banter this week. Now, let's jump into some of the other changes for this World Supercross. We mentioned that, obviously, a lot of things have tweaked since July when this series kicked off. There's a lot of rider movements um, in terms of bike changes and just a couple <laughs> of guys not being there. Um, now, we don't have all of them. There's a couple that are sort of a bit of a question mark still. I haven't, I've not been checking. I haven't seen any of the press releases. Um, so if we're just off on some of this, apologies, but this is the best that I've got right now when we're recording. And we are a few days out from... Actual event, so there might be a few more things that will pop up pr- again, like we talked about last week. They'll turn up tomorrow, Benny. When we when we wake up, and we'll be like, "Frick! If we only had known that like an hour ago, you know, <laughs> we could have got it into the into the record somehow." But anyway, we'll see how we work out. So, last week we talked, we confirmed that uh, Cole Thompson is going to fill in for Enzo Lopes at the Club MX team on the SX2 bike. Um, so that's the one that we confirmed last week. Uh, and that's definitely confirmed with Cole and with um, Club MX so that's going ahead now we were speculating last week about CDR and Benny we had a couple of options that we threw out here um, one being Jed Beaton who's the new signature for 2024 for um, CDR in Australia and Australian Supercross Motocross and I threw out the chance that you know Cooper Webb now that he's on Star Racing maybe there was something that would link up there um, but Neither of them have sort of been seen to be a part of this World Supercross round. Um, But Aaron Tanty has been confirmed to be moving out of the SX2 class and into the SX1 class to fill the void that is left by the injured Grant Harlan. Um, So we've got this SX2 position still sitting, hanging, Benny.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, you could have had Clout or Tanty move up. um, So I'd like to know how that... Um, came about uh, might have something to do with the news of Tanti moving to the US next year. Um, he might have, you know, wanted to, might have stuck his hand up and said, "Yep, I'll do it." Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, who's going to fill that uh, gap?
0: Now, the only thing I've, I'm going to speculate a third name here for this gap, and I've got a the only evidence I've got is a um, a story on Instagram. Uh, but Robbie Wageman, who's been out here, he's riding with the uh, was it WBR, isn't it? I get that acronym right. I'm just drawing a blank from the Aussie side of things. Uh, he's on the SX2 bike for the Australian Supercross. Um, w- yeah, WBR yeah, w- racing. W- I was yeah. just having a blank yeah. moment there. I didn't want to didn't want to say the wrong team name for him. But he's been out here um, in the Australian side of things doing that he did was at the opening round. He's going to be at the remaining rounds. Um, for that team in the SX2 class. But he has been... He posted it. he's boarding a plane in LA for Abu Dhabi. So it makes me think that maybe that Australian Yamaha connection might have linked up there and he might be riding that CDR bike for the SX2 class now that Tanti's moved up. But, again, not confirmed at this point. But the only evidence I got is that Instagram story.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, hopefully... Um you know, I mean, he's, he's been riding here. He could have had some chats with uh, CDR. And like you said, if you're connecting the dots, that might be the case.
0: Yeah, it, it sort of makes sense. That's the only thing I can think of, unless somebody else has got him as a fill-in somewhere. But if I go through the other ones, which I'm about to, I don't see where that connection is. So we'll see. We'll find out here soon enough. Um, but, yeah, it, it's sort of the only dot that I can draw is it's Australian Yamaha. He did well at the Adelaide round and maybe that was enough to get him on the CDR World Supercross bike fill-in. So, yeah, it'd be good if it does for him. Um, So, yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be also interesting then if he is that fill-in rider, how he goes at Melbourne with he's having to switch from a WBR bike to a CDR bike, you know, one 250 to another 250. Both blue, just different plastics if he's switching around or, or what's going on there. So that'll be interesting from Friday night to Saturday night for him if that's the case. But we'll see, we'll see. Now, on Tanty, too, just quickly while we're getting there, um, the Moto Online guys have um, put out a post, obviously, around the PRMX announcement that came out earlier this week around Aaron Tani signing with the AMA team there to ride the Super Motocross Series on the 450. Um, yeah, but the interview with Tandy that the Moto Online guys also included a bit of a, a knee injury update for Tanty that he had a little issue coming into the Supercross, which must have been just after we spoke to him for our interview, um, just there before the last round of the motocross series. So he must have had that done, but he's had to go in for a little cleanup on some meniscal damage by the sounds of it. He'd also strained an ACL, which was interesting. Nothing that needed resurgery on that, which was lucky. So he must have just strained it, not tore it. Um, because the acl won't repair itself in that sense well i say won't repair itself there is starting to be some evidence coming out in research that it can not that it's going to work for a moto guy but there is evidence that it's possible so i can't really say that it can't repair itself anymore that's changed apparently in the research but he didn't have to get anything surgically done to that but he had to get some meniscal cleanup now that's usually a four-week process benny um You've had some knee issues. Four weeks with a meniscal thing is usually about that time frame. But uh, he will be rocking this back on a track in about, what has it been, three weeks, two weeks since Adelaide? Three weeks.
3: Yeah, not that long. Um, I wish mine only took that long and not the one and a half years that it took, but mine was a little bit different too. So I can't really compare it. a
0: bit more stuff going on from what you've told me about it. So, yeah, it's um, not something to compare, but it's just at least a familiarity story. But, yeah, look, I think the thing for Tanny is, obviously, he's he's probably had two, two and a half weeks off the bike. He's probably ridden once or twice just to make sure he's good to go. But the lucky thing for him being these World Supercross and then obviously Newcastle, and then a week off, and then Melbourne, is that all of these races coming up, lucky they're not the AMA 20-minute mains for a Supercross, you know, 20 plus one, because that might have been an issue in terms of your fitness. With these ones, they're all that triple crown, short bursts, you know, there's a short time between him, but there's a rest between them. So he's ideally probably not going to miss out too much on the fitness side of things from the couple of weeks that he's been off. Um, so as long as the knee itself is, Feeling okay. I'm sure he's going to be just fine.
3: Yeah, he might feel it a little bit. Um, You know, the triple count, the short, sharp, um, you know, races might. He might feel a little fatigued, but um, these guys are, you know, top level athletes and he would have been doing everything he could to stay somewhat fit so i'm sure that he'll um he'll be fine
0: yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be a negligible thing for him if anything it might have just been the actual tapering like forced rest that he needed to just let everything um come to him so yeah you might see him be a little off in terms of rustiness in, in the first few sessions but i dare say his race pace will be just fine come main event time Now, let's move along to the Firepower Honda guys. Now, for those that noticed um, a few weeks back now, um, Gage Linville actually, who rode with the Firepower Honda guys through the AMA Supercross, Australian Supercross last year, and even the opening round of the World Supercross um, in that SX2 class on the Firepower Honda. He's signed with uh, one of the KTM teams um, in America for the 2024 season. And he's out for World Supercross now. Now, he has been replaced by Wilson Todd on the SX2 bike, um, which is an interesting one there. So pretty good replacement rider in terms of like an, an Aussie boy filling in, but he's also rather fast, so that's good for Wilson. Um, and then there's been some other changes to, the, well, f- f- to another Honda team, but involving another Australian. So Kyle Peters is no longer riding at the Nils Honda team. Uh, on that sx2 bike but kyle webster is going to be on the sx2 bike there instead um so i'm not sure what deal is with kyle he looks fit and healthy um i've reached out but nothing back just as yet but i dare say it might have something to do with um, some upcoming arena cross stuff that he would usually be a part of in the states Um, maybe with all the changes to the calendars here in world supercross he wasn't interested moving forward who knows but um if we get anything back from him, we'll let that know be known on the next show. So, a couple of good changes there for the Honda guys, Benny.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you look at Kyle Peters. He's you know, um, one how many arena cross titles? A lot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'd say that's probably where his um, focus is. And like you said, the the dates changing and whatnot could have you know mucked up the preparation for. Um, what he thought he would be doing and what he's now, um, you know, what he wanted to do. So uh, it's good for Wilson Todd, though, uh, in, to get his, you know, to fill in and, um, yeah, it would be good to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, uh, the only thing that I'm noticing with that announcement there particularly um, and, and even, like, if you want to throw in Robbie Wageman being in the Australian mix now because of that connection with WBR – if he does end up being on that CDR bike, is that I feel like this World Supercross Series is sort of just turning into the, uh, an extension of the Australian Series with all these Aussie teams. And I know there's other other teams in the, in the franchise system, but there's a few bulk Aussie ones there. And, uh, and obviously the Aussie riders are then being the ones that are f- getting these fill-in bits now that the season has been tweaked a bit. So, um, yeah, just sort of... Great for the Aussies, don't get me wrong, great for the Aussies, but just sort of a little bit of a feeling that we're losing some of that international, you know, flair there and even some of the higher level riders as well. You know, like we said, Kyle Peters, as much as he's not winning AMA Supercross events, he's he's a AMA champion in the arena cross side of things. Uh, he might have done all right in the, um, like we are just talking about, the smaller uh, venue at Abu Dhabi.
3: Yeah, he could have. Um, but, I mean, you look at, you know, Wilson Todd was uh, over racing in America earlier on in the year. So I guess, yes, they are Australian riders, but there have been, um, even if it was only a few, uh, riding in America. So I guess there's still a tiny bit of, um, you yeah, know, not international flair, but there's still, you know, people that have been riding both, I
0: guess. Yeah, you know, um, but sure. hopefully
3: not. Yeah, but then, you know, hopefully maybe next year when it's all reset and it's, you know, probably a better calendar and whatnot, the um, you know, and there's dates and they might change the dates to suit a bit better. We might get those uh, international riders that um, would be a bit more open to, you know, trying to get on a team and uh, come and race.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Things could be much different in 2024 for this series. We'll have to see how that plays out. Now, next on the list, another Honda team. It's the MCR Honda team. Um, We'd mentioned this a couple of weeks back when the signing originally happened, but we'll just remind everybody of it again here now. Um, Carson Mumford is joining that team um, from the SX2 side of things. He's also mainly focused on that AMA Supercross series, but obviously the team runs in the World Supercross, and he will be here for these two rounds on the SX2 bike. Now, that means that Mitchell Oldenburg is moving up from the SX2 bike to the SX1 class. Uh, and then Cole Seely is actually out of that SX1 bike. So we've now still got um, Michael Lessie on the SX2 and Vince Fries on the SX1. Um, and like I said, M- Oldenburg joining SX1, Mumford into SX2. So still keen to see what happened to Cole Seely there. Um, as to whether he just decided he was out, whether the team did. We'll have to talk to Tony Alessi when we get to Melbourne to find out a bit more on that side of things. But anyway, that's the MCR update. Now, the only other one that is sort of an interesting point, haven't seen any updates of him, and I only just realized to check for him as well when I was checking the rider lists here. Um, on, well, they don't have an entrant list as such that I could see easily on their World Supercross site, but... Um pop, his name popped up and reminded me that had a recent injury. When I say recent, it was back at Millville in July. It's Henry Miller. Um he's on the Rick Ware team. He had that collarbone fracture at Millville. Um he should be all good to go, but uh be interesting to see there's been no posts as such on his socials since that point. Um he did ride an event in October, um, so it looks like he is recovered and should be fine. Uh, But just interesting to know, he should be there. He should be with Rick Ware Racing, um, but we'll have to wait and see um, on the day or if he actually starts posting because he hasn't as yet. Um, So, yeah, Henry Miller back in action, hopefully at Abu Dhabi as well, Benny.
3: Yeah, it'll be good to see. I saw, um, well, you know, you let that collarbone heal up and get back into it. Um, and again, yeah, it just gives you, you yeah, know, that's an international rider that you normally wouldn't see race here. Um, but I've actually, I'm interested to see what the rest of uh, Rick are running sponsor-wise on their bike after someone posted a video this week of what their sponsor was going to be um, for Rick Ware.
0: It's not mobile um, this time actually,
3: around. Actually, no. I'm completely mixed up and it's a completely different team. So just ignore anything I just said. We'll just, uh, we just <laughs> I'm, getting, the... I'm getting my wires crossed up.
0: Oh, Jesus. He's gone down a path and he's gone too far. <laughs> well, all right. Ignore the contractor. That's why we haven't paid him yet. So anyway. Um, yes. All right. But that's that's what we know so far for the World Supercross Tweaks and changes here, the the bikes, the the riders, and all that sort of stuff. So, hopefully, that helps you understand what's going to happen here this weekend. Now, it is that normal um, World Supercross format of the three races, short duration in between, all three races. So essentially, back to back for for one class, and then the next class comes out and does their three races back to back. So, the SX2s will be all done and all finished. Watching in the stadium, and the SX1s will be doing their work at the end of the evening. So. Something to something to watch this weekend for everybody supercross racing back on the TVs, which will be awesome. Now, Benny, we hinted at this one earlier in the show. There is something potentially coming here in December in terms of racing as well that we would not have seen previously. It's the Indian Supercross Racing League. Uh, something new. I didn't know too much about this. I actually reached out to... The, their social media page to find out, see if they had a you know a media liaison person that could pass on some info about it, and they did. Um, and Nishant got back to me, very Indian name. Um, so Nishant passed on some info. Now, it's not not fantastic info, but it basically confirms that there is a league being formed um, they're doing something that's similar to the IPL in terms of the Indian Premier League, which is the cricket series over there, where they're going to have franchise system. Now, they're saying it's the first system like that, but I believe that's exactly what the World Supergirl Series has um, in terms of they've got a franchise for each team. to be. They've bought a, you know, a franchise license. But anyway, the Indians are claiming it. Um, but they're doing a similar setup. So they've got teams that are going to then be established these teams are going to then have exactly like the, the Cricket Indian Premier League, an auction where they can purchase the rider to be on their team. Uh, and I believe from what I've, you know, what I've got in the little conversation that you might not have seen, Benny, from the email that I passed on, but it's basically that they're going to be able to, that purchase price is going to be given to the rider, whether it's a hundred bucks or a million bucks, that's what's going to go across to the rider. Um, and then they're going to do this race series underneath these teams. Now, I don't know how it's going to work from if these teams have a set manufacturer that they're going to be forced to force these riders to ride under, if they're going to have gear deals, etc. But they've managed to get 85 different nationality riders to sign up to be a part of this auction. Now, I believe it's going to happen either end of November or early December because December is supposedly when this racing league is going to occur.
3: Yes, it's very different um, in a way. I mean, it's like you said, World Supercross is a franchise thing and the teams and whatnot. But uh, for the you know, riders to be actually auctioned off uh, is something different. And, um, it's, you know, it'll be interesting. We just, you know, I don't think there's much going on over there in the way of, um, you know, a big-time Supercross. So it might um, turn a few heads, it might not. And um, But, you know, to get 85 riders, uh, that's, that's a pretty good effort, I think.
0: Yeah, look, um, they must have a Supercross series in the past because part of the promoters that are listed in the uh, press release that they sent me Actually lists the guy that's name is Veer Patel and it lists him down as a two-time National Supercross champion and he is leading the uh the SEAT, it's CAT it's C E A T Indian Supercross Racing League um as the promoting partner or he must be part of the promotional team. So yeah, they must have had a series there for a few years for forgot a two-time champ at least.
3: Yeah, well that um you know they might have some might have some fans out there, and um, yeah, who knows? It could be massive, or it could not be. But it gives us more racing, um, so to be yeah, interesting to see how they fare up against um, yeah all the other people that are riding.
0: Mm. Now they've also done something very interesting as well, where they've got a eighty five cc class as well that they're going to run. Um, include on top of the, the 450 and 250 um, classes, so they're doing something similar to the Australian Supercross, where they've brought in the CR 2285 Cup. There.
3: Yeah, I think it. You know, it's just more. Um, you know, I don't know how many kids would go from, you know, maybe here or where. It gives the younger, you know, younger people more uh, seat time and a bit more experience.
0: Now, the interesting part of this auction as well, um, just rereading some of these parts, they're going to do... Now, they've got 85 riders that have uh, registered to be a part of the auction at the point that this was uh, released, which is... What was the date on this thing? I think it's a few weeks ago now. I can't even find the date, but it's basically... I got it on the 20th of October, so it must have been out... Oh, here we go. 11th of October at that point. So they would have had more people registered since then and I think Matt Moss is one of those since that point um, but they've got a few decent riders listed here in terms of um, uh, Gregory Aranda, Thomas Ramette, um Caleb Gullett, or well from Australia that one's from Australia, Blake Ashley from the US which I don't know Blake Ashley must be one of the younger riders but they've also managed with this auction so that from the 85 riders if they've got 85 riders registered they're going to pick 64 but twenty of those are going to have to be um, Indian of uh, Indian descent, so that they actually like the IPL with the cricket. They actually have you know a minimum percentage of um, local talent that they've got to be a part of these teams. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting how this all works as it as it goes through. But yeah, sixty-four riders are going to get purchased um, to be a part of this league. Yeah,
3: and I mean, like you said, if all the money goes, um, you know, to the rider, or uh, their purchase the price, um, I suppose any, you know, it could be low, it could be high, but uh, I think that's a good thing for, you know, especially if they've got to go over there and, you know, um, you know to race and whatever. Hopefully they make uh, somewhat decent amount of money.
0: Well, I wonder if, too, if this is going to mean that, like, they're going to obviously run this like a the IPL in terms of it's going to be all bet on and everything in within the Indian space there so that's where a lot of this money is going to probably potentially come from Um, and it might be interesting to see who signs up next year if they get a decent couple of riders getting a a high purchase price for the auction you might end up with some interesting names signing up for this thing
3: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, You know, you get Kenny or someone like that that decides, oh, there's some good prices going and, um, you know, I might go over and do that. Uh, Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a few big names turn up.
0: Yeah, especially if you know if they if they end up getting like a million dollar auction price for a person, or potentially that they get close to that, and if you then throw in someone like a Kenny, they would pay that sort of money. It'd be interesting to see because yeah, he might he <laughs> might have a whole different look on what's uh, what's the season for racing for for a person you know in 2024 or five. So yeah, it could be rather interesting how that all works. Now the other part we have no idea about is obviously how many rounds they haven't mentioned that. How what formats these are going to be. What venues they're going to use, or you know how big tracks are going to be. So, I uh, there's a lot to still come from that side of things. Now, I'm going to just quickly check as well, make sure there's been no updates here since this since this was sent through to me, because I've had it for a couple of weeks now. Um, but there is
3: just just make sure that you reply and say please don't disappoint Blair in your track map. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure. Blair Otherwise, have we'll a, have to hear about it. Yeah, you know, Blair will have a banter about that somewhere. So I'm sure <laughs> once he once he hears this one, he'll probably be doing some research as well and asking questions from it. But no, that's a that's a very good point. We'll have to I'll have to respond with that one. Uh, oh, here we go. We've got three weekends, three venues, so they must be going to have three rounds. Um, they're going to end up with eight teams. Now I know they've said in that press release too that they've got five currently, so they must still have three. Um, being set up now if you check out some of these team names Benny um, we've got Big Rock Motorsport um, I'm not sure how we're going to say this one but I'm going to go with Gujarat Trailblazers we've got SG Speed Races and the other one is just Panchilschul I'm not even sure how to pronounce that one so apologies for the poor, en- poor enunciation on all of these things <laughs> it's horrible that's not my strong point But, yeah, so they've got some interesting people, like teams coming in, um, people registered. It will be – I don't think they've got – MX Vice has done a story on some of these ones that have signed up. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what this auction ends up looking like in in a couple of weeks' time.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, I mean, you know, like we said, it's it's something new. You know, there'll be teams of complete – you know, riders that you would probably never think would be together or riders that have never even met each other. So uh, that'll also be interesting.
0: Yeah, let's just see. I'm going to have a quick screen of this other article here while we're going. But they do... No, they haven't listed any of the new ones that have signed up. But like I said, I'm certain that Matt Moss has signed up for it. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see who else is a part of that auction come at that time. All right, let's... um. I think that's just about all for us before we take a quick break here. Benny, you got anything else? Oh yes, we do. We've got one more thing. I forgot. It's just come Let's up come. before the, this. This thing came out. This this we did this recording. The track map for Newcastle has come out.
3: It has. I reckon it's uh, it's not a bad track. Uh, we won't really know what size it will be until we uh, you know till we get there, but. Uh, like you said, I think earlier the track last year wasn 't too bad, so hopefully it's um you know hopefully they use the floor space
0: yeah look the the video itself they 're obviously not using the same sort of person who 's created the uh american ones because it 's a bit of a bit of a less pixel um pixel dense pro- process but it it gives you the idea of what the track is and obviously it 's probably not exactly with this the the um you know, idea of the floor space and you can never quite tell perfectly how that all will look, but it looks okay. I'm hoping that it uses the maximal floor space like they did last year. The only thing that I'm sort of interested in is the, and actually this is something I I read and I just remembered, they're going to actually have in the Newcastle one, it looks like it's a 20 20 gate start or a 22 man start depending on what they end up doing there. But that's not what they've got at Abu Dhabi actually. Um, but that, that start straight is obviously taking up a fair chunk of space and it's meant that there's a short whoop section or a shorter whoop section that I think that they could potentially build there um, because of that wider gate. Now, but Abu Dhabi, Benny, if I go back a sec, Abu Dhabi is going to have a two-grid start state start setup with 10 gates and a second row behind it.
3: Yes, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, we saw the start at adelaide the other day and you know only 10 people and whatnot wasn't uh, ideal uh so yeah i guess you know going back to what blair was saying it it is small and that's you know probably all they could fit
0: yeah it must be but i don't know if you're a you know say you're a carson mumford right and you you have a bad heat race and end up lcqing it or something and you get to that main event and you've got to start on the second row i'm not sure that's going to go down so well with these international riders that never have done anything like that before um and they're at a world supercross event and they've got to start on a second row like it's not something they're probably used to
3: no but it's going to make it interesting uh if they don't like it i'm sure we will Uh, Uh, And that's all that matters. I'm not worried about them.
0: Maybe the fans Uh, fans will enjoy it.
3: Yes, maybe. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's different. Um, I know, you know, you see it in arena cross and sometimes it goes pear shape. Sometimes it doesn't. So um, just need to make sure that you're not on the back row.
0: Yeah. No, look, it's obviously that's not where you want to be, but it's going to be 10 guys back there. So, will be interesting to watch how that plan plays out and the comments. I'm looking forward to the comments from the riders when we get to talk to them about this after the event as to whether they thought it was good or bad. So watch this space. There's plenty to come. But yeah, look, the Aussie Supercross, the track map for Newcastle, it looks potentially the best so far that we've seen. And uh, like I said, hopefully then it goes to a nice nice climax at uh, Melbourne with the best track of the of the whole thing so far. So we'll see how it works out. All right. Anything else, Benny? Before we uh, take a break here.
3: Well, I went a little bit sideways before uh, with that sponsor thing, so I might as well just bring gonna, up. Are you gonna uh, correct it?
0: Are you gonna try and point out who it was or not?
3: Well, I've just uh, been having a little bit of a glimpse over Instagram while I've been, um, you know, while we've been doing this, and it seems that the MDK team are sponsored by OnlyFans. Oh, really? So. Yeah, so Bogle put a video up, um, and that was the first I saw of it. Uh, I just checked Cade's uh, Instagram, and he has OnlyFans in his uh, you know, bio up the top, and there's a video of him on the OnlyFans bike. Um, so, yeah, those two, as far as I know, are on uh, OnlyFans, but it seems to be, uh, you know, Logan Carnow sort of started it last year or the year before uh, through Supercross, and it seems to just to be slowly making its way across, you know, the different forms of motorsport. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I saw it on a, it's either a MotoGP, like a Moto2 team or a World Superbike team. Uh, there's the GT racing here in Australia that has one car sponsored by it. So it's, uh, it's an interesting sponsor to which, be, which you know, making pay, its then? way around.
0: Which, which car would that be? Uh,
3: um... I'll let the let the listeners find out um, that.
0: I thought your intimate knowledge of that car might uh, might show through there. I, I think I know which one you're talking about.
3: Yes, I think everyone knows which one we're talking about.
0: <laughs> I, I would. You know what has just come across my mind as you were talking about this bit with the the OnlyFans sponsorship and that. One obviously that um, they weren't allowed to say it on the broadcast in the AMA series with Logan there um, running that setup. But we're going to Abu Dhabi, um, a you know place that doesn't like these sorts of uh, exotic erotic sort of things (laughs) um how how are they going to allow that uh in terms of the marketing and um, broadcasting of that i wonder if they're going to one be allowed to say it on the coverage and two if they're going to have to cover that logo up somehow um in in the venue because that might not be part of the rules in that country
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it'll be up to world, you know, world supercross whether they want it on their coverage or not, whether they want to say it or not. Um, But you know, if they don't, it just it makes it hard to, you know, you can say MDK, you know, team, but you don't then get to say the sponsor, and I don't know how the sponsors, you know, will feel about that. Um, Going back to the, uh, what did uh, read run, uh, to do with the,
0: CBD, MD.
3: Yeah. Like they didn't like that. And it was, you know, just something simple, but you know, over there it's a big deal. Mm. Uh, and you know, he's trying to run that. And then a few others did. And, um, I think what the next year, then it was just a sponsor anyway. And it was fine.
0: It was a sponsor of Supercross So yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. That gets picked up that way. And, uh, yeah, the rider gets dropped. But anyway, um, but can you imagine? Right, say they're allowed to allowed to say it on the coverage, and and uh, and Ralph throws to Jeff and says, "Jeff, do you know much about this OnlyFans setup?" <laughs> and Jeff's like, "Well, actually, yes, Ralph, I I, I I do know a little bit. I've done my research and I've uh, subscribed to a couple of people." it <laughs> just be like, "Yes, and sure. this would go fantastically well on international broadcast," you know.
3: Yeah, so I think there's a, you know, it's that'll be a that'll be a touch and go subject, I would say.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that one. I should probably snip that section of me me just mocking Ralph throwing the Jeff there as a as a drop for later in in the show. But um, but yeah, that could be rather interesting to to watch how that plays out. But anyway, yeah. All right. So there's only fans with M D K this MDK Motorsports for this round or, and potentially the third round. So, yeah, maybe we can get a shot with that um, when they're in Melbourne and we can, uh, you know, put it up on the socials.
3: Yes, we'll get a bike walk around. Uh, you got a few last year that are up on the TikTok if, uh, you know, people haven't seen them. So go and check them out on the TikTok. And, um, yeah, Newcastle and uh, Melbourne we will try and get some more and, you know, give you an up-close view of uh, these
0: bikes now i've been talking with um with uh reese reese budd a little bit and um hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a content on his actual race bike in newcastle so yeah that's, that might be the first one that we get going there so we'll see how we work it all out but yeah hopefully we can get a few a few things like that so you better be checking out the social channels there to make sure you're up to date with whatever it is that we're doing at the venue it might be useful it might be crap it might be entertaining because you might be laughing at us not with us but we'll see what happens
3: Yeah, I think it's just different, you know, a lot of people uh, just take videos, I mean, just take photos or, um, you know, videos of while they're on the track and stuff like that, there's not a lot of, um, you know, I mean, there is some, but videos, like a walk around video of a bike on a race weekend and stuff like that, so... um, yeah, just a little bit more content and that's things I like to see and I would hope that, you know, us trying to put that out there is, um, you know, fulfilling someone else's, um, you know, thing that they can't, you know, if they're not there, they can't see it. Um, at least I mean, it gives a little bit of something to look at.
0: Yeah, and on that too, if there is something, you know, if you're listening out there, there is something that you want to see us ask, do, you know, get get footage of, image of on a bike, a rider, about the event um, get in touch before these next few rounds because we will be there in person and we will try and do that and, and you know, bring that, bring that content to life for you. So yeah, reach out via the social, send us a message and um, yeah, we'll see if we can make it happen.
3: Yeah. So we all know that Dave uh, sticks to his word, uh, getting on the, getting on the weed show. So you, you want it, he'll make it happen.
0: You, you, you put out the challenge and I, I just, I just follow through. That's just what I do. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Benny, let's, um, let's wrap there for a sec. We'll uh, take a break on the Always Moto Podcast. We're going to come back with the interview with uh, Kem- Kevin Morantz. Hey, guys, it's Luke Nice. I'll be riding for Club of
2: Max Yamaha and the World Supercross Series, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast.
0: All right, joining us this week on the Always Moto Podcast, brought to you by Liat Moto Australia. He's going to be turning up in Abu Dhabi for round two of the World Supercross with that Nils Honda. He's going to be on the board, that number 80. It's Kevin Moranz. How are we doing, Kevin?
2: Hi, doing good. I appreciate you having me on.
0: No, look, appreciate you making some time for us. We tried to do this, I think, a couple months back when round one was going on, but we couldn't make it happen. But we've got you here now, ready to go. Round two's coming up, what is it, like seven, ten days, something like that now. So yeah, we're not pretty far much. Out.
2: No, yeah, we're hopping on a plane uh, early next week is the plan.
0: Yeah, so and what is the travel for you for that one, actually, out of curiosity? Like, is it a very long flight from from the States from where you are? And you're Kansas, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I believe that we fly out uh, like 3 p.m. from Kansas City, uh, and then we don't land in Abu Dhabi until uh 7 30 p.m the day the next day so we travel for like a day and a half i believe to get there
0: yeah okay so So i I think
2: i want to say the travel time yeah travel time is like i want to say i could be wrong but i want to say it's like 25 to 28 hours
0: yeah yeah plus i gather you've got a layover in there somewhere as well so
2: yes yeah it's uh (laughs) not the the best (laughs) it's It's not ideal
0: (laughs) is this Mm -hmm. like for for racing side of things is this some of the biggest travel that you've done in terms of um going for a a race event i i know a lot of the american guys they either they race only in america or they do heaps of travel but you know i wasn't sure how many of these overseas events you've done yourself
2: yeah i've been to germany a couple times and paris a couple times so like that was the farthest i've had but those are like 14 to 16 hour travel times like this is by far, going to be the gnarliest one that I do. And then, uh, you know, Australia after that's going to even be another, even longer than that. I think it's like 30 hours for Australia. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, definitely the gnarlier
0: travel that I've ever been a part of. I'll give you the heads up on the Australian travel. We came over for Redbud this year, and we left from – so I'm in Newcastle, which isn't a main centre, so you're going to fly into Melbourne, so you might cut this down a little bit. But we had to go from Newcastle to Brisbane, Brisbane to LA, LA to Chicago, and then drive the hour and a bit over to – um Red and by the time i like I said a timer when I left home and a ti- and turned it off when we got to the hotel in in um uh what was it called there buddy the city right near Red but anyway, it was like thirty seven yeah, cannon or something time. like that sorry what <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was massive and shattered. Awful. We had kids and everything coming with us, so it was, a, it was a horrible adventure. But it was worth it once we got there. But the actual process of going through that travel, it's a nightmare. And yeah, when you're trying to compete in a couple of days' time, too, you've got to manage all that as well.
2: Yeah, it, it's a lot more to go that goes into it than people think. Because, yeah, like everybody thinks we're traveling across the world. Oh, that's so cool. Like, yes, it does have its perks. Yes, it is cool. But it's also not always 100% enjoyable. Like those long travels, especially like, I mean, your boy's just grabbing the cheapest flight he can find. So it's economy, (laughs) you know, nothing crazy. So you're just, you're stuck in a very small seat for a very long period of time. And I can't sleep on planes. So that's the thing that makes it even worse. That's I just cannot sleep on planes. Yes, dude. So then you're just dragging when you get there. Uh, you know, trying to explore and try, try to take it all in, but you're, you're also there to perform and race, so you kind of got to like, chill out, relax, and try to recover. So, yeah, it's tough.
0: So you said you're getting in on Thursday night there time, so then you've only really got the one day then as like a – you know get back off the jet lag system so do you, have you got have you got a plan in place to do that like uh, do you do certain things do you go sit in a pool do you do you sleep do you stay awake till the till their night time and just go to sleep do you have anything in that mind that you do regularly yeah you screen? try to
2: yeah try to pull through and don't sleep as soon as you get there um so we actually so we leave on tuesday at 3pm oh, we get sorry. there wednesday night yeah so we will have an extra day which will be nice uh but yeah, like we'll land at seven thirty PM. So we won't have be able to sleep because we actually land in um, Dubai. So then we have to like Uber or something like that down to Abu Dhabi, which is like an hour and an hour and a half. So like it's gonna be a long
0: day, I can mm. imagine. Yeah, it's not gonna be fun. But look, no <laughs> hopefully the racing will be worth it. Hopefully the racing will be worth yeah. it. Now how how and uh, that's one will... thing. Mm. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. Go you said one thing.
2: Yeah, I was going to say one thing, I don't even know, uh, but isn't the Abu Dhabi race like an arena cross? Isn't it like a hockey stadium? Isn't it pretty small?
0: I believe so, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a full spec, you know, AMA Supercross size floor space. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit smaller. So, it might be a little bit more interesting in that sense too, so... (laughs)
2: Yeah, interesting. But
0: anyway, continue. Yeah, no. So look, I was just gonna go to so obviously for you, you're obviously a KDM guy in the States, but this Honda of Nielsen came out of from me when I saw that announcement, a little bit of nowhere. I didn't expect you to be on a Honda. You're obviously having to switch back and forth at this point now. Have you had I gather you've got a Honda at home that you've ridden maybe this last week or something that you're going into some prep? Is it yeah, difficult, that's a, to that's difficult
1: to change over? Uh,
2: yeah, a little bit. Um, biggest thing for me is obviously like my sites are set on for 2024 Supercrossing. We got a lot of really cool things. Obviously the whole situation with me, you know, jumping in and create my own team, which we can chat about here in a little bit too. But so that's more of my focus right now with the WSX thing just being supplemental. Um, the, I did not really expect to be on Honda either, but there was no real KTM opportunities going into world Supercross. Um, uh, I had something set up with a different team and they kind of ended up uh you know shafted me a little bit right mm-hmm. right at the end of supercross when i was already planning on you know racing for them yep. so then i was just kind of in scramble mode because i didn't have everything set up as a privateer for outdoors i didn't really want to do that by myself so uh luckily just got a hold of the right person like Cade Clayson actually gave me a heads up that Honda Nils was maybe looking for somebody i got a hold of kp which is my teammate yep. kyle peters and then you know they kind of connected and then got me in touch with the team and i'm like dude i'm down I'll go buy a Honda right now. kind of thing. <laughs> so that was kind of the way that worked is, uh, they're like, yeah, we'll send you a set of suspension and get you some parts and whatnot. If you can just go buy your own Honda, like that's going to be the easiest route to do this. Cause like us trying to send you one from over here is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of the situation. And yeah, I've just been, it has been a little bit difficult jumping back between bikes and whatnot, but I mean, it's a dirt bike and I'm, I'm pretty much, I got a job to do, so I got to do it regardless.
0: Yeah, look, that's, that's a good attitude to have. One, that you went and bought the bike just so you could be prepared. Uh, but two, that you just, you're, you're understanding that that's what you're going to do. Go and do it. You know, don't, don't complain about it. Sort of yeah. the, work it out. Um, but I'm sure the day that you, you know, if it's a Thursday, you ride the KDM and then Friday morning, you're like, you're right, I'm going on the Honda thing. That must be weird to sort of jump on one and roll out onto the other one the next day. Like even just little things like I'm sure you probably got the same bar bend on it, but it probably still feels like it's in just a tiny bit of a different place.
2: Yeah, it it is. Um, Obviously, the throttle response between the KTM and the the Honda and the transmissions and the way that you run through the gears is slightly different. Um, The way they react, uh, specifically, like when you clip into a 3N or something like that, like the Honda reacts a little bit more, so it kind of like twists its own bars, it kind of like... It binds up a little bit, which is kind of goofy compared to the KTM. Interesting, but um, you know, the the I think the Honda turns just a little bit better, not necessarily on a consistent basis, but it turns a little bit sharper, which is nice. Um, which I think could play into my favor when we're coming into more of an arena crossy style round.
0: Yeah, true, very true.
2: But uh, yeah, jumping back and forth, it's not the easiest thing. But yeah, like you said, like I just know it's it's what I got to do, kind of deal.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, look, I was, privateer
2: life is tough, man. Well,
0: you make do, don't you? If they're going to pay you to go and do these things and you get the exposure, just say yes. <laughs> yeah, make it work. Exactly. Now, other than the fact that you, you know, like we just talked about with Abu Dhabi, maybe being a bit of a smaller setup. Um, Melbourne's not far away as well It's going to be a nice big Like Melbourne, um, I'm not sure if you wear Marvel Stadium, it's a full you know football field size Yeah, setup. it's massive It's a big stadium uh, And they obviously have the ability to drag back in the, the floor seating to make more space Like they'll still have it as a set sort of um, size But it's a big stadium It's a bigger event um, Are you looking forward to it more than the Abu Dhabi round Or, or are you just keen to go to both?
2: I'm keen to go to both just because I kind of want to see these new places, right? Like, so I've been to Germany, to Paris. Uh, you know, I was really looking forward to Singapore before that one got canceled just because these are like places that like are kind of out there that I would never just go to on my own. Yes, you know, I yeah. would love to, but obviously can't afford. So having an opportunity to go, See these places plus be able to race my motorcycle is uh, a double whammy for me.
0: Yeah, nice. No, exactly. A lot of these tracks that they did have on that setup before they, you know, obviously reduced the schedule. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's sort of like, ooh, that would be nice to go to. And I've actually got a purpose to go there for. So, yeah, it kind of works out nicely yeah. in that side of things. But, yeah, obviously everyone that we've sort of been speaking to is is keen on Melbourne but not keen on the travel to Melbourne, especially when they're state based. So it's correct, um, yes. It's just like I really want to go to Australia, but I don't want to get on that thirty-hour plane trip. So yeah, dude, oh, man. that's a joke. But look, it'll be awesome once you're here, and and um, yeah, it's, it's always run really nicely um, for for the international guys. They they get. Looked after well when they get here, so and and the fans are really supportive of the fact that you've made that travel effort. So I think you'll 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 be impressed when you get to the Marvel Stadium.
2: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I got some Australian uh, fans, a part of the Moran's Mafia as well. So hopefully I'll see them out there.
0: Now speaking of that Moran's Mafia and this new thing for yourself, like you said, your focus for 2024 is obviously the AMA side of things. Um, you've set yourself up as Kevin Moran's Racing. You're going. On a bit of a solo effort, mate, for 2024.
2: Yeah, making some big moves. So <laughs> uh, the team, which I'm very thankful for that I've been a part of for the last few years, um, they're kind of transitioning into more of a real team where you you ride their bike that they provide, you ride their graphics, their gear, their logos. Um, you know, kind of abide by their rules. Yep. Um, two years previous, it was kind of like privateers you pay x amount we get your stuff to each round you run your own program out of us getting your stuff to your own round so you know they're making transitions to try to try to become more professional as well which i respect but it was going to take a lot of my freedoms away and creativity to you know create those custom packages for partners sponsors the moran's mafia all that stuff and the whole blog situation that we have going on at each round to get fans actually involved so It is a massive risk for me to be doing what I'm doing because I have a very large budget that I'm trying to cover. So Mm -hmm. we're actively looking for new partners, sponsors, individuals that need a write-off or just want to support the team um, to help me cover that budget. But yeah, like I'm excited because it's going to be my own program. It's going to be a very professional, uh, legit privateer program. We're actually, thankfully, uh, teamed up with Champion Tool Storage. So he is providing the rigs. He's pimping out the whole back of it right now he's getting all built out so we'll have more updates coming on that soon nice but um part of our deal there is you know he provides the rig i just got to pay for it pay for it to go racing kind of deal so that comes to fuel for the rig you know flights hotels the driver mechanic parts bikes fuel uh you know everything that goes in within the racing as well entry fees so it obviously gets very expensive very quickly when you have multiple people and a whole team to supply travel and uh, hotels for. So yeah, we're just actively looking for partners and people that want to be interested and be a part of the program because we also have the whole vlog thing we're going to continue through the next year. That always does really good. You know, people sign on a bike or even through World Supercross, we'll have them where they can come up and donate and sign our jersey and we'll put them in the vlog and everything like that. So just creative stuff to get fans involved and to you know show value to companies, which is pretty fun.
0: You you sound like you're super busy in the background. One, this new adventure, like, but two, just obviously in past years, the marketing efforts that you go to to sort of support yourself. One, I feel like is just above and beyond, but obviously it's working for you and keeping you on track, which is primary goal here. Um, but two, I feel like this this adventure for Kevin Moran's race racing is maybe a bit more even upscaled than these other guys that do sort of similar based privateer self-funded programs. Like I feel like you said, like the rig and the fuel and the, you know, the hotels and all that stuff for everybody. Sounds like it's gone big straight out of the gate.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, man, go big or go home. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it as of right now, you know, we're not, um, against the idea of adding another writer. It's just obviously I run my program very creatively. Right. So I'm, capable of talking well in front of a camera. I know what I can provide to a company. So it's easy for me to sell to a company what I can provide. I don't know how comfortable I am with just bringing another person on and expecting them to be able to do what I do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for you, you, Year 1, at least as of right now, we're just planning on one-man team, but it's going to be a full renegade race hauler, getting it all tricked out. Um, We're actually going through. We're getting a full canopy off the side of the rig, so it's not going to be like pop-up tents like a lot of other privateer B-level rides. Um, It's actually going to be a legitimate factory-looking style tent off the top of the rig. Um, So very big presence, uh, a lot of exposure for brands that want to be a part of it. And yeah, a very professional setup for round one or, or for year one. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm pretty confident with what I can provide and my value that I have towards companies and what I can obviously, like I just said, provide to a company. It's just finding the right individuals that want to uh, invest into the program. And uh, that way we can show them that it's worth it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Where are these individuals? Where can they get in touch with you so that they can get their names on these things that you're trying to promote for them? Beautiful segue right there. Man. I know I so, did really well.
1: It was uh, smooth, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, KevinMorans.com. So I have my own website. That's something that a lot of other writers maybe don't have as well. Pretty much all your information's there. Uh, if you hit the little contact form, it'll it goes to a separate email that boom I go through and and uh, look at that on pretty much a daily basis. So if you just send us a little email through the contact form, what you're interested in. Uh, we can get you more information on sponsorship packages, what we can provide, or you can go there, donate to the program, go there directly, uh, you know, join the Moran's mafia, either as a sponsor or as a fan. Obviously the fan side of things is kind of what we push more or less, but uh, yeah, bunch of creative ways and to be involved in any fashion that you have in mind. You have an idea, we can bring it to life a lot easier and cheaper than what a factory team pro- could probably provide. Obviously, You're going to have to go through a lot of loopholes, jump through a bunch of hoops to try to get an idea that you maybe have in mind to work with a factory team. But we have a very large presence. Obviously, the fans love it. The vlogs, they actually get interaction out of it. And, uh, you know, the bang for the buck with our team is going to be a lot greater.
0: Yeah, and obviously, they're probably going to be dealing direct with you, the rider, the talent, rather than if they went to a factory team, they're going to be dealing with the... Whoever the factory, you know, delegates that to, and then you get five minutes exactly. off the ride, not the whole time. So you're yes. going to be that, that personal touch.
2: <laughs> yes, hundred percent.
0: Now I've got I've got two things we're going to finish off on here. One is one that we always do, and we might do this first. Um, it's just a general question, right? But it's it's that sort of what's under your gear question because you obviously see. And for you, it's usually—and if I'm wrong here, sorry—but it's the canvas gear, that's the top layer. You know, I'm looking at a picture of your yep. social media. You got your Alpine Star boots, but what's under that layer? People want to know what you're wearing underneath there. Are you knee brace guy? Do you have a chest protector on there? One, I think you have to for World Supercross these days with the FIM rules. But what's under the gear, Kevin?
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh, I wear very old, um, but <laughs> very uh, stout liette chest protector used to be sponsored by them okay. um you know four or five years ago uh i have the old i think it's like the 3.5 or something like that love the thing i've really been running it for like four years i wish i could get a new one they just don't make them anymore <laughs> that's, um, that's a problem. yeah so yeah exactly so that's that's why it always kind of looks bulky too um underneath so that's what i got uh then i'm a pod knee brace guy so yeah mm-hmm. we're
0: knee braces nice yep and socks uh we are we the one that will come up once before yeah 100% it. yeah
2: yeah we, i wear socks and then whatever then obviously i just don't wear anything under the chest protector just, but, unless it's like uh outdoors where you got like long motos and sand and whatnot yeah i'll uh, throw some duct tape on the old nips that where but other than that <laughs> That's
0: about it. Yeah, that one comes off Supercross. Often.
2: You don't need it for Supercross.
0: No, it's not long enough really and probably not the same sweat yeah. and grit and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, usually yeah. I love the story of people's nipples falling off because that can actually happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is not fun. That is for sure.
0: No, it's it's painful. Very painful. Now, the last part that we'll go to too, and and look, you can shut me down at any point on this, but um, you know, if somebody does want to support you but they're not obviously the maybe the the you know five ten grand person that can you know sponsor the side panel on a bike or a helmet wrap or something like you've got so many different options. But say they want to just do something like I've got this tiny little sticker. Can I give you a hundred bucks to stick it on your helmet or on your back panel or something? Is that something you would accept or how does it go? Where's your sort of like oh sorry mate that's that's you know I can do this for you but that's not possible.
2: No I'm I mean anything. <laughs> My man Cash Talks. You know how it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> life is tough. So, you know, like anything, any idea you have, you know, throw it my way, shoot me a DM, email us off the uh, the website. So com. that contact form. Uh, obviously, there are certain things that I won't be able to do just to be fair to other people. Yeah, of course. Like I have other yeah. people that, you know, say, you know, you know, the Patreon, the names on the bike you know, people come up and they'll try to donate, uh, you know, let's just say 20 bucks to sign the bike or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, to be fair to the people that are on the front fender, they're paying a hundred dollars to be, cause it's like that $95 tier or whatever, to be on the front fender. Um, you know, I can't, it's not fair to me to take $20 and let you do it when they're paying more than that. So to be That's... fair to other people, like I, I do have to shut certain opportunities down, but at the same time, like I'm about the most flexible, professional rider that's probably out there when it comes to making a package work for you. Because we have things like, you can put your name on my Fort guard. You can obviously put your name on the bike through Patreon. Um, we have signed jersey situations. We have the helmet wraps we do each round. We can do, a, you know, just a logo on the bike for one round. Um, there's so many, I mean, a shout out in the vlog. Like there's so many different things that go along with my program. That other riders just can't provide, so it you know, it's wide open, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I feel like your response to this would be just oh, maybe I can't do that, but how can I make this work? I feel that's where, you, where you'd go exactly, with this, you know. So, yeah, no, this, that's really yeah. awesome. You definitely have that crowd support and that focus of like they're there supporting us, you know, how can I do it for you and get this, this to work? So no, look, you, you definitely do some, I think it's creative marketing techniques on all this stuff to make everything go around. It's it's awesome that you're not just focused on on the riding, obviously one that's focused, but you've got other ways of making this whole show go on. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. No, I appreciate it.
0: No, look, well, appreciate the time, Kevin, on the Always Moto podcast, mate. Um, good luck in Abu Dhabi we won't be there in person for that one, but we will be in Melbourne. So we'll come and say hi and catch up um, and yeah, maybe get some interviews from, from there and um, maybe see if we can sign something <laughs> and give you some cash. Yeah, or something.
1: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> get on the jer-
2: the Jersey, you know, cause I don't have any availability to put anything on the bike for WSX, it's a bit but different. they've allowed me to put Patreons. Uh, so if you're at the $95 tier or above, you're on, you're actually print your name on our Jersey. And then if you show up at the races and you know, throw us uh, an equivalent amount pretty much uh, because I don't know what the currency exchange is. But whatever (laughs) about, uh, you know, 100 USD would be, uh, we'll let you sign the jersey, get you in the blog and everything like that. We're also doing the helmet wraps for the Abu Dhabi and Melbourne so that those have not been filled and we're trying to fill those. So if you got a company around those areas or, you know, just want to help the program, we've got some discounted rates going up because we need to get those those bad boys filled.
0: Now, don't be fooled. When somebody hands you a pineapple and we call it a pineapple over here because the money is pineapple colored, that's a 50, all right? Like uh-huh. it's, it's not it's not grand backs <laughs> like you've got, right? But they also aren't going to yeah. be comparable to a 50 in, in in US dollars at the moment. They're very low yeah. on the trade exchange rates. So just be wary.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. But, you know, all, all the support and the, the fan interaction is really cool. So we appreciate the fans.
0: No, definitely. All right, Kevin. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll, um, we'll see you in Melbourne and good luck in Abu Dhabi. All
2: right. Thank you.
0: What's up, guys? I'm Colin Park, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast, episode 81, brought to you by Liat Moto Australia. Uh, Good interview there with Kevin Moran's. Thanks for Kevin for making a bit of time for us here on the show as he was getting ready to head over to Abu Dhabi for this week's round of the World Supercross. And obviously good to hear a little bit about what he does with all that back promotion that he does in terms of that privateer life that he's running there and self-funding and crowdfunding side of things interesting to hear some of the prices that he's putting on these things as well Uh, so he's trying to get himself around uh, and his crew to do these things in a you know a good manner not just you know budget side of things so yeah nice to hear from Kev. hopefully he goes well this week in the supercross and then uh, hopefully good be good to see a lot of these guys coming up here very very soon in melbourne uh, in a couple of weeks time we're only well, four weeks away now from Melbourne, so that's awesome timing. We've also got Newcastle next week, and hopefully we've got an re- interview coming here for you guys uh, that will be getting ready for the show 82 uh, in relation to the Newcastle and potentially a rider that will be re- making his series debut uh, for this year um, after an injury. So hopefully we'll be able to get that all locked down. Um, but something to look forward to there for the Always Motor Podcast next week. Uh, after that week too, at some point during the week, we're going to get to that Yamaha... YZ250F 2024 model introduction that we're at this week. Uh, we're going to do a separate standalone show for that that will go with the article that will be up on fullnoise.com.au. So make sure you check that out when it's up. It will probably be up early next week, uh, and that show will be linked to that as well. So we'll be getting that done here in the near future. But the bike was good. Um, bit of things, you know, obviously everything needs a little bit of tweaking depending on who you are and what your size you are and your riding styles. Um But it's a solid platform to work off from there. But uh, yeah, lots of tweaks to be made and you've got to rev the damn thing. So it's a 250F. That's how they go, isn't it? On a motocross track. But yeah, we'll get to that show here very, very shortly. But that's it for this show this week. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a rating on your podcast uh, app that you're listening on. And if, you're, if they do that, please leave us a rating. Uh, and if you're not already following us, make sure you do so via your podcast feed um, and also on your social media platforms. We're across all of them, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you're following us on all of those things because we have slightly different things on each one of those platforms. Uh, so make sure you're following Always Moto across those things. Now, don't forget to check all those articles out, like we've just mentioned for the upcoming Yamaha intro one on FullNoise.com.au. Uh, but that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Lee at Moto Australia, Competitive Edge Performance, Slant Board Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots and Tech, 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to the Always Moto Contractor. Thanks to Blair for the banter, and thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening. Now remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast. Because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department. Maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.